This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, Mayor Pete is on the ground in East Palestine, and I have a question for you. Check this, Ironhead. Is there a French laundry in East Palestine? Because he needs to find a place for lunch. I assume he's on the uh, government credit card, so he might be able to buy a couple of... uh, buy lunch for a couple of town folk, maybe for some firefighters, you know, like Trump did, but I don't, I can't imagine Mayor Pete going to McDonald's. I, I, it's probably, probably a Capitol Grill or a Palm or maybe a Morton's or something within an hour. He'll invite uh, a few of the, uh, a few of the NSNTSB guys to join him for lunch and you know, the, the, the glazed Brussels sprouts they're to die for, and maybe we'll get a kale salad and uh, mayor Pete will pick up the tab. This he's, he looks so bad. He looks so out of place. This could be, he finally showed up 20 days after the derailment, the secretary of transportation after sitting in DC for three weeks, giving interviews, making excuses, saying train derailments happen all the time. Oh, and by the way, when I was mayor of South Bend, we had lots of disasters that I had to tend to. Uh, Downplaying the mushroom cloud that formed over this small town and uh, decimated the people who live there. Uh, Mayor Pete showed up uh, less than one day after Donald J. Trump, and the contrast could not be greater. I will say this again. People have asked me, you know, occasionally over the years, you know, would you ever consider run for office? Would you ever want to get into politics? And my answer is simple. I couldn't win. I I live in Boston. I would have no chance. I wouldn't get 10%. Uh, so it never was really a thought. But I always look at this and say, I could do that. Anybody could. You could do this, Ironhead. The, the, the most important part of the job if you're a politician, if you're a candidate, is showing up. It's the easiest part of the job. As I've said for days, what is Mayor Pete's excuse? I still don't understand it. All he had to do was fire up the government jet. God knows he doesn't fly commercial. And he could bring bring his husband. He could bring uh, his whole staff. He could head to East Palestine. There'd There'd be a convoy of SUVs waiting to pick him up. He could stay in the best hotel in the area and uh, just show up. Well, he finally did it today. And unfortunately for Mayor Pete, he did it uh, in the shadow of Donald Trump. Trump's greatest strength, his best attribute as a politician is showing up, is schmoozing, is shaking hands and showing some empathy. Uh, you can't compete with that, particularly if you're a technocrat, if you're an inept uh, bureaucrat who has no qualification for the job like Mayor Pete. I almost felt sorry for him. Almost. Uh, he, he had his uh, Halloween costume on. If you haven't seen it yet, he wore the uh, orange vest and the hat, uh, the hard hat. And he uh, mostly, at least uh, to this point, spent time with uh, NSNTSB officials and other and railroad people. And they all have their vests and they all have their hard hats and they're inspecting the scene, which is part of the job. I understand. And he did have a brief moment or two with the people, but he can't do what Donald Trump did. In fact, Joe Biden, who's supposed to be a great um, grassroots politician, retail politician, 
he can't do what Donald Trump, he has to go to East Palestine at some point, but it will pale in comparison to Trump's appearance. And I have to say, when I watch Trump, when I watch, listen to Trump, when Trump does anything, I'm generally holding my breath. I'm wondering, will he say something stupid? Will he do something dumb? I mean, it happens. It's, it's part of his charm. He didn't do anything dumb. He didn't say anything dumb yesterday. Well, <laughs> I can't look at Mayor Pete without <laughs> chuckling. He doesn't, this doesn't work. I'm sorry. I, as we know, he has no qualifications for the job, no experience in transportation. He knows nothing about railways. He knows nothing about highways or, or uh, planes or, or, or airports. He, he is there for one reason and one reason only, and everybody knows it. He doesn't like girls. Uh, he is a identity politics hire, a quota hire. He got the job because he's gay. Nobody can deny that. Nobody, I don't think people even try to deny that. I mean, he went to Harvard. He went to Oxford. Lots of people went to Harvard. That's not a qualification uh, in this day and age. He's hanging out with people who know the business, the, the, the people who, who understand the railway system. And he looks like some child who walked into a uh, advanced you know, physics course in some local college. He looks lost. He is lost. This, this doesn't work. He, <laughs> there is, yes, he, he would fit right in with the village people uh, in that <laughs> costume. But I almost expected him to cancel the appearance because he can't win. In his defense, he is what he is. You know, he's, he's a hack. He's a political appointee. He was uh, chosen just because he checks a box, a very important box to the uh, Trump administration. And once again, today we see the results of identity politics, the results of judging people on the color of their skin or their sexual orientation and uh, not on merit. We can get to Sam Britton, by the way. We have an update on Sam Britton. It's tough. We, we do this every day. We say, what's, who's the worst hired, the worst identity politics hire in the Biden administration. One day it's Kamala Harris. You know, most days it's Kamala Harris. One day it's Corrine Jean-Pierre. One day it's Sam Britton, but at least Sam Britton, at least they got rid of him. So he's free to, you know, he's on his own now stealing ladies luggage. Uh, But uh, Buttigieg has an important job as we see, as we've seen over the last three weeks. And most of the time he refuses to do it. He doesn't even do the job. This is the job. Go there, inspect the scene, talk to people, see what they need. That's Trump's gift. As I've said many times, I'm, 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 I'm moving on from Trump. I'm a DeSantis guy. I'm intrigued by Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm looking forward to the debates, the campaign. We'll see how it shakes down. I could change my mind. But the people who defend Trump through thick and thin, who make excuses when he posts stupid things on Truth Social. Uh, those people, when they, when, when we look at some of the hires Trump made, the people who he surrounded himself with, they defend him. Yesterday, Trumpkins, Trump people were in their glory because he didn't just show up. Uh, he hit all the right notes. He said all the right things. I don't think there was a gaffe. Usually with Trump, there's some stupid thing he does. And it's, you know, we laugh at it. But uh, he, he spoke briefly. He thanked all the right people. He even made a quick little quip about our favorite mayor, Mayor Trent, uh, Trent Mayor Trent Conaway. 
the big man. Uh, he said, he was introducing people. He says, where's Mayor Trent? He shouldn't be hard to find. And he wasn't, he was behind him. And uh, then he went to McDonald's and this is perfect. I mean, they should study this in political science class. I'm sure there's other restaurants. Maybe there's, you know, other working class places. There's, you know, an Applebee's or a, or a Red Lobster in the neighborhood or somewhere nearby. And Trump said, no, we're going to my favorite place and we're buying lunch for all the firefighters and handing out hats, by the way. Uh, and the people there loved him. They chanted Trump. They chanted USA, USA. Mo- the, the, the purpose of this visit is to just uh, give them a boost, a morale boost. He, he brought water. And he brought and he bought Big Macs. That's about it. I'm going to guess the whole thing cost Trump less than, you know, a thousand bucks. Except was Mayor Trent at the McDonald's? He might still be at the McDonald's. He's going to see like the old mob bosses have at the back of Italian restaurants. He's got the Mayor Trent bench. Yeah, someone's going to say, hey, Mayor, you got to go, man. They, 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 we, they closed out the tab. You you gotta go. Uh, I'm sure Mayor Trent enjoys uh, this McDonald's as well. But when you think about it, there's no real tangible thing that Trump can accomplish. Hell, there's not much that uh, Mayor Pete can accomplish on the ground or Biden. But it's uh, it's for it's 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 you're just supposed to make them feel good. You're supposed to make them feel like they're not forgotten. It was three weeks. Uh, before Mayor Pete showed up and the people there felt forgotten. Joe Biden never even mentioned them for, I don't know, a couple of weeks. He was off in Ukraine, giving out our money, uh, staging some ridiculous appearance with Zelensky, going to Poland, promising to build them nuke plants, uh, (laughs) promising to give everyone everything in Eastern Europe while his own uh, fellow Americans were suffering back in the United States. It it was a terrible look for the president made worse by the former president. And, uh, and there's not much mayor Pete can do today. There's not much anybody can do. This is Trump's wheelhouse. I'm surprised it took him, you know, 19 days to get there because uh, it was such a no brainer. I mean, they, they, you know, videotaped the whole thing. Here he is appearing. Here's the chance. Here's the crowd. People were on the roadway, Uh, waving flags, Trump flags, chanting, let's go, Brandon. It could not have worked out better for Trump. It feels like his campaign for 2024 finally kicked off for real. It feels like the, it was a reminder of why people loved him. And it stood in such stark contrast to the, uh, the ineptitude uh, or the carelessness, the lack of empathy from the uh, Biden administration for uh, their fellow Americans. I understand this is Trump country. I understand uh, Trump won 70 something percent of the vote in that county. And uh, there was no way they could, uh, you know, play the race card or the equity card. So Biden and Biden officials chose instead just to ignore them, just to neglect them. And uh, Trump stepped into the void beautifully. Um, Here he is, is this McDonald's? Let's let's, uh, watch and listen as the uh, 45th president uh, uh, announced that he was springing for lunch. He was buying everybody. Uh, Lots of people were getting filet of fish, by the way, because uh, a lot of Catholics there, and it was uh, Ash Wednesday, they sold a lot of filet of fishes, a lot of Big Macs, 
and uh, a lot of French fries and uh, Trump, Trump admits, you know, this is his place that he feels really comfortable there. Uh, let's uh, watch a little bit of it. For the fire department. Hello, everybody. What's your specialty today? How are you today? Nice to meet you. Hello, everybody. That's a nice, beautiful looking group of people. So I know this menu better than you do. I probably know it better than anybody in here. We're going to take care of the fire department. We're going to take care of the police department. And what we do is all the people that are eating. I'm the owner, Mr. President. How are you? I don't have to give you. That's right. It's a good one to own, right? Yes, it is. One of the best. So we're going to take care of your fire force. You think this is such a gift? This is such an unforced error. Buttigieg could have gone there a week ago, two weeks ago. Hell, Kamala could have gone. Biden, I'm not saying they would have done well, but they could have beaten him to it. This is the first person to uh, remind these people that they matter. Um, while celebrities, well, you know, Sean Penn and and uh, Ben Stiller headed to Kiev. Uh, I haven't seen any celebrities there yet uh, other than you know, Aaron Brockovich the real Aaron Brockovich, not Julia Roberts, uh, and no prominent politicians other than, you know, the locals, J.D. Vance, uh, Bill Johnson. By the way, this is right at the border of Pennsylvania, and uh, Josh Shapiro has been talking about it. Any sign of uh, any sign of John Fetterwoman? Another example of how the guy isn't capable of performing the duties of a U.S. senator. This is I'm pretty sure he's, uh, he's currently in a straitjacket somewhere. <laughs> right. I mean, I think... I think this is uh, this whoever the senator uh, is should be there. I mean, uh, he should be there just on the ground. Fetterman's supposed to be a man of the people. He, he doesn't have to do interviews, you know, doesn't have to read speeches because he can't do that. But he should be lumbering around the town and shaking hands and maple, making people feel like they're not forgotten. But he can't do it. He can't do it. Do we have, uh, I want to do Mayor Pete just schmoo, uh, th- throw him up there in the hard hat again. Uh, uh, he's, as far as we know, he's still there. He'll spend a day. He'll be done. He'll be back in DC, probably have some more personal time. He'll do nothing. He'll make no one feel better. I don't think he'll buy lunch for the town, although he should. I mean, how hard is that? I keep asking this question, but how hard is it? I could do this. You could do this. Ironhead. You're not a Rhodes scholar. God knows you didn't go to Harvard. But you could do this. You could walk around town and say, we're here for you. And uh, let me see, you know, the, the little creek with the, with the colors and let me uh, see the damage. And then let me just promise these people we will do everything we can to help them. It's like the easiest freaking part of the job. And Trump reminded everybody and he reminded everyone that these people, these technocrats, these these elitists from D.C., from Harvard, from Oxford, from from Hoboth Beach, these elitists don't care about them. It was a glorious day for Donald Trump. Uh, I don't think, you know, like it's not something Ron DeSantis can do. It's not even something, you know, Nikki Haley can do without feeling like a, uh, you know, like a, like she's t- exploiting a situation. But it's something Trump can do. Uh, so before you woke up today, probably, um, Pete, I guess, give him credit. He showed up early. He was there uh, like at the crack of dawn, um, put on his Halloween costume, uh, <laughs> reviewed things. The media, uh, yesterday, the media chased Trump around and he gave him a couple sound bites. They said, what's your message 
for Biden. And he said, get here. Very simple. That's it. And they moved on. Um, the media chased Pete Buttigieg around the, 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 the disaster area today. And of course, Pete, once again, uh, unless he's sitting down with Chuck Todd or Jake Tapper, one of his good friends, he has no interest in answering tough questions. But this is Savannah, Savannah Hernandez yep. from uh, Turning Point. Uh, USA. She's good. She's dogged. And she chases uh, Pete and he runs for cover and his press secretary tries to tell everyone they can't, they can't have the cameras on. It's like, you don't make the rules here. This is a public street. This is a place. uh, This is uh, a big, big, big news story. And uh, we're going to cover it. Uh, But this is good stuff. She refuses to talk and demands they put the cameras off and they just don't. Let's, uh, watch Sarah uh, Savannah Hernandez perform uh, some journalism here on the ground in East Palestine. Mayor Pete, why did it take you an entire two and a half weeks to actually get here to respond to East Palestine? Will you apologize to the residents of this city for for the, the, the slow response, to the government's slow response? Do you have any apologies? I'm a press person. I can help you. Sure, I'm, I'm sure, sure, sure. So can, can, can we ask why it took him almost three weeks to get here? I, I'm sorry, I don't want to do this on camera. What was his personal time off while there was a tragedy happening here? You guys and can camera? we also ask, too, why it, uh, you know, he waited until President Donald Trump came here to actually make an appearance. This is a very important question that people across America would like to know. I'm happy to have a conversation with you. I do not want to be on camera. Uh, well, please put the cameras away. I'm sorry, we're on a public area, uh, so we are allowed as press. He's the mayor's brother. You guys, I would like you guys to turn your cameras off. You're not on my camera. Well, I'm on a camera. I would like your cameras to be off, and then I'm happy to talk to you guys. Well, if you are the press secretary of the secretary of the Department of Transportation, don't you think you should be able to ask questions from the American public that you serve? Absolutely. I would like to do it without the camera on. Can I ask why? I think that is a little bit aggressive. That's why. Why is it aggressive? I'm, I'm on behalf of the American people, I'm just asking why he has not been here until Donald Trump She's came. asked them. She's asked three several times for them to turn the cameras off, and they will not do it. It's aggressive. Uh, it, it, this is so good for, for Trump. This is so good. It just exposes these people. They know it's just a show that uh, Pete doesn't care about them, and neither does this person, his press secretary. Why can't you just answer the question on camera? You're on camera anyway. They're going to have, I mean, it's, it's posted. It's everywhere. If you're trying to avoid a simple question, by the way, it was 20 days, almost three weeks since Buttigieg showed up. He's done probably 50 interviews since then, and he couldn't be bothered to go inspect the situation. It is amazing how, how he, he just doesn't want the job. He doesn't want to do the job. He wants the private jets. You know, he wants the network TV appearances, but there's a couple things that happened here. Trump got elevated. It, again, it feels like his, his campaign has finally begun and we got to see good Trump. And I don't think he ruined it with any real stupid posts on True Social about DeSantis yesterday, which is good. He'll do that today. Uh, Biden, by contrast, was in Eastern Europe giving away billions of uh, taxpayer dollars and tripping up the stairs again. <laughs> I mean, lots of people trip down the stairs. Only Joe Biden trips up the stairs. He's just... Uh, it's just pathetic. And then he's, you know, promising to build, uh, to build nuke, uh, nuke plants in Poland and just piss away another, 
I don't know, hundreds of billions, who knows? Uh, and, and Pete Buttigieg, his uh, transportation secretary looks completely out of place. It was a great day for uh, Trump 2024 and a really bad day, a really bad week, in my opinion, for uh, Biden 2024. Pete Buttigieg he, he was top of the list of potential candidates if, if Biden does the right thing and steps aside in 2024 because he'll be 82 and he'll be progressively worse cognitively. Uh, he's such a narcissist. I think he will want, he wants to run, but nobody wants him to run. No Democrat, no Republican, nobody. And the question is always who will be the next in line. Can't be Kamala. She's completely uh, inept. Uh, but who would it be? Gavin Newsom, who can destroy the country the way he's destroyed the state of California. I don't know. Pete Buttigieg was always on that short list. I feel like he has fallen out of favor. I feel like there, the, the, uh, the demands for him to be fired or quit are louder than ever. I think this exposes him. He can't be the candidate. I mean, he could be, but it would be a disaster. He is just so far over his head and he just doesn't even look the part. He looks like a child, uh, particularly when he puts on his costume there. He looks like a little kid dress on dress up day or something at the, pretending to be a construction worker, looking more like one of the village people. We're going to get to the, uh, to the uh, uh, Biden, the Biden appearance and the way the media covered it. Even they're having trouble. They're struggling to cover, uh, to cover Joe Biden's uh, trip to, uh, to Ukraine and to, uh, and to Poland and uh, all the various gaffes. To me, it's not even the gaffes and the tripping. It's just that he sounds so tired. He sounds so weak. It's just so old. It doesn't work. You can't send him over there to rally the allies and, and uh, the NATO forces because he just doesn't have it in him. He's just not a, a motivational, inspirational kind of guy at this point in his life. I'm going to get to that, but we got lots to get to. We got to get to the, uh, the Wiccan, the Wiccan witch, who is the grand jury foreman, four person for the Trump trial in Georgia. It was a great day, a great couple of days for Donald Trump because the, uh, the case in Georgia has fallen apart because they have a absolute lunatic uh, who uh, believes in black magic and sorcery. She's the grand jury foreman and she's not shy. They didn't just discover this and say, hey, look, she went on TV. She made multiple appearances in each and every one, weakened the case. Uh, I got some questions about that. We're going to get to uh, uh, the latest on Sam Brinton, the uh, freakazoid who was uh, a high-ranking official in the energy department, and he's uh, he's been caught yet again stealing women's stuff. I generally, when I see someone who's a, a good Democrat and you know a, a Biden official, I think they're going to pay no price. I, I'm starting to think Sam Brinton. I mean. They're, they're, they're going to be adding to the charges. Sam Britton might have to do some time. Of course, he'll demand it in some uh, <laughs> women's or non-binary prison or something. But yeah. I don't think he's going to enjoy it. But Sam Britton is going to have to do some time. He is just scum. He is just, just a vile human being. And again, he worked for Biden. He got a job in the Biden um, administration because he's a freak, because he's a 
I don't know what he is because he's a dog fetishist and a and a kink fetishist who wears women's clothes and doesn't buy them. He steals them. Uh, but we'll get to him and we will get back, we'll get to that nut. What's her name? The uh, the witch Emily uh, Coors or something. Uh, we'll, we'll get to that lunatic. <laughs> uh, Ironhead's obsessed with her nose. You really like that nose, huh? You just- it keeps casting a Hitler mustache shadow every time she every time you see it, and her hair's crazy, so it looks the part. It's really weird. It does cast a shadow. I don't know if you're uh, too young, but do you know what spy versus spy is? It's uh, these characters in the Mad Magazine, these little guys, and they had these huge long noses. She looks like spy versus spy, but uh, the looks. Hitler the looks mustache. Look at that. We're going to get, we're going to get to the sound, but I do want to go to this uh, Orlando story, really sad, disturbing story in Orlando. I think it's still unfolding. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a 19-year-old guy with a rap sheet as long as friggin' Manute Bull's leg, and he's out free to kill, and kill he did. We'll get to that and lots more, but first, a recession-proof investment without compromise. European American Armory Corp, or EAA Corp, has specialized in providing high-quality, innovative, and reasonably priced firearms to the U.S. market since 1990. Choose from a wide selection of unique and traditional pistols, whether you're looking for a concealed carry, revolver, shotgun, or competition pistol, EAA Corp has it. EAA's 1911 series comes in compact carry or full size in three popular calibers. First time gun owner, no problem. EAA Corp all-in-one 9mm MC9 striker fire pistols come fully equipped in a sleek, light, ergonomic package ideal for everyday carry. In addition, their lineup includes MC312 series of 12-gauge shotguns for hunting, sporting, tactical, or personal defense that will exceed your expectations. There's a limited lifetime warranty on every series available today from EAA Corp. EAA Corp says get the quality firearm you've always wanted and save yourself a lot of your hard-earned money. Visit eaacorp.com to learn more and order online or through your local dealer. All right, if you haven't uh, seen this story yet, it's so damn disturbing. A uh, a guy in uh, Florida shot his name. Um, his name is Keith Melvin Moses. He's 19 and he's a career criminal with a lengthy rap sheet. How is a 19-year-old with multiple uh, violent offenses? That's my first question. If you're only 19, how are you free? How are you on the street? Uh, he has a crim- This is from the police chief. He said, at 19, is a lengthy crim- criminal history, including gun charges, aggravated battery, assault with a deadly weapon, burglary, and grand theft charges. So all that, and he's free at the age of 19? Here's the problem. There's, uh, I mean, there's uh, at least there's multiple victims, including a nine-year-old girl. Uh, This is from the Daily Mail. A teenager has been arrested after a journalist, a nine-year-old girl, and a woman, a 20-year-old woman, were all shot dead at three different murder scenes in Orlando, Florida. Keith Moses, a career criminal, sneered and smiled as he was handcuffed on Wednesday in connection with the three shootings. Uh, which police said are all linked. The first fatality occurred at 11.17 a.m. Wednesday morning uh, on Hilaya Street in Orlando. Uh, 
a 20-year-old woman with gunshot wounds in her car, pronounced dead at the scene. Now, he knew her. We don't think he knew the other victims. Two Spectrum 13 journalists gathered at the scene to cover it. They were there doing their jobs. Uh, Five hours later, the suspect returned and started firing again, gunning down a news reporter and a photographer. At the same time, uh, police were called to a third shooting where a mother and her nine-year-old daughter had been shot in a house. The child died. The mom was in critical condition. So this absolute freaking monster kills the girl, the 20-year-old woman that he knew. And then when the media gathers to cover it, he shoots the reporter and the photographer, kills the, uh, uh, kills the reporter, young guy named Dylan Lyons from uh, News 13, Spectrum News 13. The photographer is uh, in the hospital. He's been able to speak with investigators and colleague, colleagues. Uh, Moses has been formally charged with the murder of the woman earlier in the day, and they expect further charges from the later shootings. Um, he has, this is amazing. He has a history of gun violence, including assault with a deadly weapon. How is he not in jail? So anyway, we're going to, the, the story here, this is, is, it's going to go away. Even though we shot a reporter and by the way, the white house tweeted out condolences and uh, I don't want to nitpick, but they only mention the reporter. <laughs> Kareem Jean-Pierre tweets out, our hearts go out to the family of the journalist killed today and the crew member injured in Orange County, Florida, as well as the whole Spectrum news team. No mention of a nine-year-old girl. I, just a, an oversight, I'm sure. But wouldn't you say to all the victims, a 20-year-old, a nine-year-old girl, as well as this poor reporter? Um, but... Here's the problem. There's, there's a lot of victims here, obviously three dead, more wounded families, coworkers, neighbors. They're all suffering. They're all struggling. I got more bad news for them. They weren't killed by a white supremacist. They weren't killed by a cop and they weren't killed by an AR-15. We don't think. Um, if they were, if uh, Keith Moses were a white supremacist or a cop, or if he used an AR-15, the uh, the families of the victims um, would be invited to the White House. There'd be someone on the House floor right now, Ayanna Presley or Corey Bush, or making a speech, mentioning their names, uh, their funerals. Kamala Harris would be at the funeral, right? Definitely. The entire national news media would be down in Orlando right now, and we would all know about the white supremacist or the cop white or black, or uh, the gun, uh, if it were a, a scary AR-15. I'm just going to predict, just going to guess, it was a handgun, it was illegal, he had no right to own it, he had no right to, criminals don't generally follow gun laws. But I don't know why, but I look at this and I say, what a bizarre, strange, disturbing way we have of viewing these things, of treating these things in this country. This is horrific. This monster, 19 freaking years old, he's not old enough to buy a beer. He's got a gun and he's just gunning down people willy-nilly, gunning down a reporter there to cover the first murder he committed. He should be behind bars. I'm just going to guess. I don't have all the details. This thing is still unfolding. You want to place some blame on this, you start with this murder, obviously. 
And then we go to the DA and then we go to the prosecutors and then we find out we're going to find out. We will find out that they went easy on him. Will it be like the guy at Michigan state where he belonged in prison, but a Soros backed DA said, uh, lowered the charges in the name of equity. So he could again, reacquire a gun and kill uh, the Michigan state students, three Michigan state students. Will it be like that? Probably, probably. And then we'll hear nothing. We'll hear nothing from Ayanna Presley. Al Sharpton won't go to the funeral. Uh, ben Crump won't represent the families. Uh, the national news media won't be screaming and saying, we must do something. Uh, this is uh, it, obviously the reporter just doing his job. By the way, he's a young guy. Looks like he's about 25 years old, just starting out, just doing his job there to report. And he just gets gunned down by this freaking psycho, this absolute psycho with no regard for human life, who's laughing and snickering when they handcuff him and take him away. This is a fellow reporter, a colleague of uh, Dylan Lyons from Spectrum News 13, doing a live report. And this is pretty, pretty amazing because she's calling, begging, asking for prayers. You don't often hear that in news reports, but Watch this. This takes guts, man. I think she's outside the hospital where the, uh, where the photographer is uh, clinging to life. And uh, hopefully the photographer, the photojournalist pulls through. But uh, let's watch this report from News 13 reporter. Out of respect for the families, we're not releasing their names right now, but I can say that this is extremely devastating for all of us. But I'm proud to have such an amazing team backing all of us. We really are such an incredible family here tonight. And, of course, we're all praying uh, for for our news member who's in the hospital right now. Um, Ebeth, our anchor, has been in and out here talking to us. She's actually going and grabbing us some drinks right now to to help us out but um, a couple hours ago before we learned that our news member had passed away uh, we all stood in a circle here and said a quick prayer and all I can ask for anyone watching at home right now is please please say a prayer tonight for our, our co-worker who is in critical condition and while you're at it please say a prayer for every victim of gun violence in this country reporting live in Orlando you know what? Uh, she did her best. And uh, there was a couple other reporters who were trying to do uh, reports and crying and weeping. And I don't blame them, but uh, say a prayer for every victim of gun violence. That's not how it works in Washington. That's not how it works in newsrooms at the ma- uh, mainstream media. Uh, they don't uh, probably pray for anybody, but they don't care about anybody unless they're shot by a cop or a guy with an AR-15 and they can politicize it. Hell, Joe Biden made a speech after Michigan State and started talking about banning assault weapons and banning air. I did it before. I could do it again. And I'm watching. I'm going, wait a second. He didn't use an assault weapon. What? Why are you politicizing it? And by the way, using it when it doesn't even apply here. This this should be. This would show me something. If some of, the, of all the usual suspects, all the, the the Al Sharptons and all the race hustlers and Ayanna Presleys and AOCs, if they came out and said, "This has to stop. We have to. Uh, we have to get to the bottom of this." These are young people with no regard for human life. 
That's what it is. That's what's happening in Chicago every weekend and Baltimore every weekend. It's young guys, mostly African-American killing other African-Americans and they don't care about human. They have no respect for human life. This guy just shot a nine year old kid. He's 19 and he's smiling and snickering when the cops take him to prison and he'll never, he'll probably never see the light of day, but it's like, yeah, whatever. I was heading to prison at some point. Anyway, that's the path he was on and figured, you know, what the hell, why not go out with a, with a bang and, and uh, make, uh, <laughs> and make national news. It's, it's really disturbing. And to me, part of the, the, the problem is, People look at it. They don't care. Just another young black kid killing not all black people, but a, a couple of them. And, uh, and, and just not giving a damn how much, just, uh, just how much just devastation he commits. It's just sickening, but uh, we'll be following that. Hopefully the photographer and the other wounded victims uh, uh, pull through and hopefully we find out who let this menace out on the street. It, it's got to be, again, it's got to be some bleeding heart DA. It's got to be some Soros back DA because these charges, these crimes he's already committed are enough to put someone away for decades. And he's 19 and he's still out on the street. It's sad. And I feel bad for these families. I feel bad for the victims and the media, the politicians in Washington. They are, they won't even, won't even be a match. They won't even know Dylan Lyon's name. We don't have the name yet of the nine-year-old girl, but they won't know her name. They won't care about her. It's, you know, it's not like she's George Floyd or anything. It's not like she's a fentanyl addict and an armed robber and a counterfeiter who uh, died at the hands of the police. No, she's just some nine-year-old kid who happened to be in the path of this psycho and uh, she'll be forgotten, but uh, we'll see. We'll find, hopefully we'll find out who put this, this monster back on the street. But anyway, let's uh, move on to uh, less serious, less uh, tragic situations, uh, stories. Um, let's go. You want to get to the grand, let's go. Let's get to Sam Britton. We'll, we'll do the grand jury. And I do want to do the, uh, the supercut of the media covering Joe Biden's heroic appearance. And you got to hear this. Joe Biden in Kiev with a staged appearance with Zelensky, perfectly safe, no problem at all. And the media is ready to turn him into, uh, you know, one of the guys who conquered Mount Siribachi, you know, at Iwo Jima, one of the guys who stormed the beach at, uh, in Normandy uh, because he took a walk and held hands with Zelensky for, for two minutes. But, uh, uh, Sam Britton's back in the news. Sam Britton, if you don't recall, he was the high-ranking official in the energy department, and he was non-binary. I think that's what he was. Was he a them? Was he a them? I can't ever remember. Can't keep his stuff straight. But he was a freak who liked to wear women's clothes, and he held uh, seminars on college campuses in kink. He was a big believer in I guess pretend bestiality because his boyfriend's dressed as dogs and he walked them on leashes. That today is a qualification for a job in the federal government. As long as Joe Biden's president, as long as there's a Democrat in office that helps you advance. If he looked like just 
any old schmuck, if he looked like one of those people at McDonald's with Trump, he would have never gotten the job. But he's an absolute lunatic. So they hired him, entrusted him with the disposal of all our nuclear waste. And uh, surprise, surprise, he turned out to be a thief as well. Uh, a luggage thief, as we know, he, in more one occasion, he just flat out stole some woman's luggage, probably after checking her out, seeing whether she had uh, expensive taste in clothes. He got arrested. Then we found out he did it again. Well, yesterday, um, what's what's uh, the woman's name who, who caught him this time? Uh, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it. Uh, give it a shot. Uh, uh, Asya Kaminson. Tanzanian. Read her. Uh, re, uh, I'll get her uh, her bio. Uh, Asa Kamasin. She's a fashion designer, and uh, so she uh, notices in one of the pictures of Sam Britton that um, she recognizes the uh, the dress. <laughs> and you know what? It's easy to recognize. It's a very eccentric looking dress. I guess that's what. Uh, uh, you know, that's what Sam was into. He doesn't just steal any old dress. He's, you know, if you buy your clothes at uh, TJ Maxx, he has no interest. And Aza Kaman, the uh, fashion designer, recognizes her dress. She tweets out, she says, my name is Aza Yakamasin, Tanzanian. I'm sorry, Tanzanian fashion designer based in Houston, Texas. I lost my bag in 2018. And I recently heard the news on Fox about Sam Britton luggage issue. Surprisingly, I found his images wore my custom made outfits, which was in the lost bag in 2018. And she's got a picture. She's wearing the dress or whatever that thing is, a big shawl. And so is he. And then later on in the night, in the day, she tweets out another picture. She says, hey, that's my jewelry too. <laughs> Even this jewelry was in my lost bag, and she's got the little sad-faced emoji. So he's wearing her dress and her necklace, and he's proud of it. And I assume someone has notified police. So Sam's in trouble. It wasn't like, I mean, we knew he didn't just do it one time. We knew. We knew it was a thing. It was a kink, another kink, stealing strange women's clothes and then wearing them. And he got caught, and I'm not sure... He's going to escape. He's going to skate this time. As somebody tweeted, when you think of DEI, when you think of diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the obsession of the Biden administration with people's immutable characteristics, their sexuality, their kinks, their fetishes, think of this guy. This is what DEI hiring has wrought. Scumbags like this in high-ranked positions, positions they never would have attained without their, without their fetish. I'm not sure there's other Sam Britons out there, but knowing the Biden administration, there probably are few, but uh, all right, we got lots more to get to. Let me do Shay and then uh, we will get to that lunatic witch. A witch is on a grand jury that is looking to indict, imprison the 45th president. Like I said, yesterday was a great day for Donald Trump. I don't think this uh, grand jury is going to hold together much longer after the world got to meet uh, the witch who is the uh, grand jury uh, uh, for woman, for person, for witch. 
Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 to 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. All right, this is this is tough for the, uh, for the uh, media who are, once again, hoping the noose was tightening, hoping the walls were closing in on uh, Donald Trump, hoping this grand jury in Georgia, uh, looking, we're hoping it would indict him on uh, charges involving the election and pressure he put on uh, election officials in Georgia, on the uh, attorney general in Georgia. I don't think it's going to work. This is from... uh, Daily Mail this morning, the grand jury forum woman who laughed about bringing down the former president has a wacky Pinterest page with collections of pinned magic spells and all things witchy. Emily Coors, 30, has been on a bizarre media tour that is already causing headaches for prosecutors after she giggled during a television interview with MSNBC when she said she kind of wanted to subpoena Trump just to get the chance to swear him in. We played you that sound yesterday. There's lots more from this lunatic. Uh, Many, of course, social media accounts have been deleted, but her Pinterest page remains with several collections of of pins dedicated to Wicca and witchcraft. And you can see them. They're all on there. This person is totally insane. And she has a job, I believe, which is hard to believe. And she speaks like clearly and understands the English language, but she's out of her mind. I don't understand the process I should, whereby she got seated, impaneled on the jury, and uh, then the jury got impaneled with her and then got voted <laughs> uh, for woman, for person. How do you look at this person and say, yeah, I want her leading this grand jury. She doesn't even know how many people are on the grand jury, by the way. And she doesn't seem to understand the job of the, and I'm looking at her posts. She is just one lunatic, one crazy person. She lives in Georgia. She's previously been employed as a scheduling coordinator for some company, uh, according to her page, and at Joan Fabrics. Uh, lots of photos of, she's got a whole big post about casting a circle, whatever that is. She's got that weird witch, witchy's insignia on her page. That's not the problem. The problem is when she speaks, when she talks. What do we have from her today? From uh, from uh, the the four the four witch. Uh, this is her with CNN, by the way. CNN, who is just crestfallen. They are heartbroken. Once again, they thought they had him. Once again, they were hoping against hope that somebody would charge and convict him. Donald Trump would prevent him from running again. But I don't think this is going to work. Sorry, CNN. Let's uh, let's listen. 
Is it, would you say, when it comes to, there are, indi there are indictments recommended, of course. Is it yes. more than 12 people? Is it more than 20 people? I think if you look at the page numbers of the report, there's about six pages in the middle that got cut out. Allow for spacing. It's not a short list. <laughs> not a short list. More, I mean, when she it comes to- She is such a psychopath. <laughs> Look at her face. You know what's funny? If she were going to prevent a Democrat, just say, I don't know, Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, if they were- uh, uh, if there were a grand jury investigating charges against a Democrat and she was going to undermine the case, she would be a media darling. They would love her. She'd be on Colbert and Kimmel tonight. So would, by the way, Mayor Trent, back to Mayor Trent. If Mayor Trent hated Trump and liked Biden, if he didn't, you know, he obviously uh, he, he ripped Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg and he embraced Donald Trump. If it were the other way around, Mayor Trent would be a folk hero. He again. He'd be on Colbert and Kimmel and Fallon and, you know, Jake Tapper and every other uh, yes. regime media outlet. Look at the look on her face, though. Isn't this, if you saw, um, forget the nose, if you saw Emily, just focus on the eyes. If you saw Emily Coors, the witch, uh, in a bar or a gym or whatever, in a grocery store, wouldn't you run the other way? She looks like such a psycho. How did she get chosen to be on this jury? I mean, I guess as many people have pointed out, these are the kind of people who want to be on juries. They got nothing else to do. They're not, they don't, you know, they want to be involved in, in the action. Maybe they want to be on TV, but this is the kind of person, the people in January 6th, all the defendants in DC, mm -hmm. they're facing crazy jurors who hate them and want to convict them before they even hear the evidence. That's the problem. How many, uh, how many dogs do you think she's killed for spell purposes? I don't know. Right? Can't you see her all dressed up with like some like red, like a, like a clan outfit with the pointy thing and a red outfit and, you know, with incense burning and some weird music and they probably, I don't know. She's in green, kill a, in kill green, yeah. <laughs> sacrifice to Satan in green face. Uh, and she deleted some, I didn't even know she deleted some of her accounts. What do you bet? She's a Satanist. She's a Satan worshiper. A thousand but, uh, percent. I don't think it was, you know, Donald Trump saw this and man, he just had to smile, man. He had to be pretty happy that this is the person allegedly deciding his fate. Even the, the illegal analysts on uh, Anderson Cooper. MSNBC yeah. and CNN are, are admitting that this is a disaster for the prosecution and a, gift to Donald Trump. But uh, yeah, is this the lawyer, uh, the legal analyst? With, <laughs> look at Anderson Cooper. These people are so bummed that this, this thing broke. Uh, I'm not sure how many more chances they have to put Trump in prison before the 2024 election, but this one just went by the wayside. Let's listen to Anderson Cooper with the uh, legal analyst admitting that this is a disaster for, for their side. Uh, this person is talking on TV. I do not understand. She's clearly enjoying herself. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, is this responsible? She was the foreperson of this grand jury. This is a horrible idea. And I guarantee you that prosecutors are wincing watching her go on this. Point. I was wincing just <laughs> watching her eagerness yes. to like, you know, hint at stuff. It's painful in that respect. This is a very serious prospect here. We're talking about indicting any person. You're talking about potentially taking away that person's liberty 
We're talking about potentially a former president for the first time in this nation's history. She does not seem to be taking that very seriously. There's no reason for her to be out talking. No, it's a prosecutor's nightmare. Mark my words. Donald Trump's team is going to make a motion if there's an indictment to dismiss that indictment based on grand jury impropriety. She's not supposed to be talking about anything, really, but she's really not supposed to be talking about the deliberations. She's talking about what specific witnesses they saw, what the grand jury thought of them. She says some of them we found credible, some of them we found funny. I don't know why that's relevant, but she's been saying we found this guy funny or interesting. I think she's potentially crossing a line here. It's going to be a real problem for prosecutors. Oh, bad news for... uh rats bad news for the never trumpers out there and the people that thought this was fine they were finally going to get them they finally had uh, the walls closing in on donald trump not going to work out but uh, uh, let's get to biden before I, we got kamala too this kamala sounds unbelievable sure it's is. actually you know co- uh, do we have time to play play the, let's play the kamala quick this is actually coherent and uh and lucid and understandable but it could be the biggest lie that the Biden administration has ever told. And I don't know if she knows it's a lie or she's just reading a script, but listen to this big fat whopper from uh, Kamala Harris yesterday. Every day, Joe Biden and I talk about and work together with our partners, like former leader Hoyer, current leader Hoyer, um, to lower the cost for the people of our nation, because you are a leader. For working families, we have reduced heating and electricity bills. So folks have more money in their pocket to buy things like school supplies, replace the dishwasher, or take a family vacation. My electric bill has been through the friggin' roof. uh, Quick show of hands here, or, you know, comment line. Whose electric bill and heating bill has been reduced? Am I, are we just in the wrong part of the country? I think so. Is this happening somewhere in the United States? Because it sure ain't happening in the Northeast. It's stunning how much our electric bills have gone up. Our heating bills have gone up. I got, you know, in her defense, first, well, she's dumb, first of all, and she doesn't do any work. She doesn't prepare. She might not know that she's lying, that someone just wrote that for her. But if you can say that, if you can tell the country that we've reduced your heating bills, you could say anything. I mean, that is that is just the most brazen lie. That's that's like Joe Biden level lie. And maybe she'll be like Biden. She'll just keep repeating it because she, I don't know, maybe she believes it. But really, does anyone, has one single person in the United States seen their electric bill or heating bill go down? Hey, Robert- that's just... <laughs> I mean, that's the ultimate sky is purple moment. You know, don't believe that envelope that you just got in the mail and that number on it. No, your heating bill's going down compared to what? Yeah, Robert says his tripled if that counts for going down. Mine, mine's <laughs> no, close no, to tripled I mean, as well. Follow, I mean, I know we don't get to ask questions of uh, Kamala. And again, she doesn't even know what she's saying. But who decided that that was a good thing to declare to the American public that your heating bills and your electric bills have gone down. I'd I'd sooner believe that Joe Biden beat up corn pop or he uh, drove an 18 wheeler. I quickly, we got to go, but we got to play the supercut. Do I have a minute to play the supercut? This is, as we know, Joe Biden went to Ukraine, gave them billions more. And, corn pop know, was hands, a bad dude. Took a walk with Zelensky. The whole thing was staged. Even CNN admits it. There was no air raid. There was no threat. Russia was warned. 
There was never a moment where his life was in danger, where he was in an active war zone. But the media, they had a narrative. They wanted to believe their guy was Winston Churchill, that their guy was uh, Ernie Pyle going into the going into the active war zone. This is hilarious. This is from uh, Tom Elliott of Gravian, a, uh, a uh, montage of the hero worshiping from the mainstream media uh, after Joe Biden, you know, risked it all to take a walk with Zelensky. Joe Biden has put solidarity ahead of his own personal safety. Air raid sirens and no real guarantee of security. As air raid sirens blared. This was incredibly dramatic, Andrea. It was historic as well. Historic, timely and brave. The first American president to go to a war zone with no U.S. military presence for security on the ground. American presidents have made dramatic trips before. Nixon to China, Kennedy, Reagan to the Berlin Wall, and presidents have visited U.S. troops in war zones, but never like this. To find a, a day of this kind of presidential bravery in a war zone, you've got to go all the way back to 1864. <laughs> with Biden's trip uh, to Europe, you know, he is he is welcomed as not only, the, the frankly, the savior of Ukraine, but also the savior of Europe as a whole. It's historic. It's the first time that a U.S. president has gone into an active war zone that the U.S. military does not have control over. And against all odds, um, it was successful. The continuing threat quite literally sounding all around the two leaders. The skies here are not safe. And in fact, an air raid siren <laughs> went off while President Biden was here. Seeing the American president there walking the streets of Kiev while air raid sirens literally sounded in that moment about possible incoming fire from Russia. The wail of an air raid siren. Air raid sirens wailing in the background. Seemingly undeterred by an air raid siren. Undeterred by the sound of air sirens. President Biden's ability with his aviators on to walk through in broad daylight in Kiev. The swagger of this trip, not just the, 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 the execution, the secrecy, but the swagger of it on display on the streets of Kiev. <laughs> liars propagandists frauds unbelievable they knew every one of them knew the air raid siren was fake every one of them they even had reporters reporting that there was no air raid that there were no threat of bombs it couldn't have been safer it, you know who's in more danger than biden and kiev pete Buttigieg in east palestine now that's risking your life that's why he's a helmet on uh, that's why he went early, early, early in the morning. That's so ridiculous. These people are such liars. Air raid, swagger. Oh, he risked it all. Active war zone. It's all, that was one lie after another. And they knew it. They're not, I mean, Kamala's lying, but she doesn't know it. These people know it. They know that an air raid silent was just for dramatic effect. They know he risked nothing. God, they are shameless. But anyway, glad we got that in there. Uh, let's, uh, I'm going to get back to following Pete's, uh, Oh, Pete just showed up at, uh, at the Palm. He's buying everybody a uh, kale salad this morning. <laughs> he's got all the, all the, you know, and STB NTSB officials, he's going to buy them all some, uh, glazed Brussels sprouts and maybe the, uh, the Chilean sea bass is to die for. And people don't know that in East Palestine, they can't afford it, but, uh, it's on him. Pete is such a man of the people, but, Anyway, we will leave it there. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. and this is the Callahan Show, and we'll do it again tomorrow. shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? 
Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.